Welcome back to Hoops HD, everybody. It is the season premiere of our Bracket Rundown podcast, Riggs. All right. Yeah, it is. Uh, I'm your host, Chad Sherwood. Got John Sleeker below me, David Griggs to my side. We might have both John Titel and Joe Fortune jumping in during the course of the show here, but we're in a bit of a time crunch, so we're going to start going. Hopefully, they'll be able to join in as we go along. Yeah, uh, Cons- but- considering we're using the J&G to build the seed list, which is Joby's ranking, it'd be kind of nice to have Joby here. But yeah, in, well- in, you know, we'll just talk about him. As if, like, he wasn't here. So. Uh, well, well, this is our Bracket Rundown show. What these Bracket Rundown shows, we have several different formats. We do them. Sometimes we actually will later on in the season, maybe even as early as next week. Uh, we'll be doing these on Thursday nights. We'll be actually building a seed list on the air. But today what we did was we're simply going to reveal a bracket, kind of Selection Sunday style. Yeah. Uh, not quite the same way they do it. We're not. We're not – we're going to reveal – one team at a time for the first 16 teams and then one seed line at a time, as opposed to giving the full matchups. It won't be until we get past the eight line for the full matchups. But uh, what we did to create the seed list was use, and he just jumped in here, our very own Joe before oh, here. JNG rankings. Damn it. Uh, well, we're revealing uh, our panelists one at a time. Now. We're, we'll do that <laughs> yeah, as we're well. we're revealing our panelists. Uh, yeah. But Joby, since you just jumped on and we're going to be using your JNG yeah. tonight as our prime metric, well, I'll give you a few seconds to tell everyone what the JNG is all about if, if they don't know already. So the JNG is uh, the highest rated, according to Bracket Matrix, purely mathematical uh, uh, assessment of the tournament field. Essentially, unlike Ken Palm, which tries to find the most efficient team, the JNG's goal is to try to find the seed list at the committee that will try to mirror what the committee actually does. And it scores quite well, like I said, on bracket matrix, et cetera, particularly uh, from a purely mathematical standpoint. Two little uh, things I will say. The JNG is extrapolating what has happened to date. That means if a team is undefeated right now, the JNG can only say, well, let's take that quarter of a season or a third of a season that's undefeated and apply it as if they will be undefeated all year in the same manner that they've done. So certainly we'll see uh, gaudy records early in the season rewarded probably more than where they will wind up. Uh, it all, And also, as teams play more tournament field level teams, this will actually help the, the a conference like the Big 12, which has a lot of tournament teams. You'll see Big 12 teams probably improve their JNG more than a, a league where, you know, let's even something like the Pac-12, which might not have as many uh, tournament teams because you won't, and Arizona just won't rack up an, as many wins uh, against other teams. Like they'll get Colorado, Utah, but hmm, I, I don't know. There's not a lot of other teams out there right now that are tournament worthy in the Pac-12. Yeah. Right. And so if you want it, those JNG rankings, by the way, there is a tab right up top there. Go ahead and take a look at them, but don't look at them right now because you'll ruin what we're about to see as we reveal right. them in the show because we are using those rankings for this seed list for tonight's show. Uh, yeah, well, ahead, one of the things I love is that, you know, it's a metric that, that guesses or predicts the committee. And what I want to know is, does the committee who looks at a bunch of metrics reference this metric? I mean, is it this circular, <laughs> like, you know, <laughs> where... You, you know they're they're relying on a committee that's predicting what they are going to do. Like uh, artific- this is artific- as Griggs blows blows our minds with with <laughs> with this circular logic here. I'm going to go ahead and yeah. and, re- and show the show. This is the form we're going to be using. We're going to be filling these in. Uh, what you can see is the there's 16 teams which are the top 
four seeds in each of the four regions are highlighted in yellow. This is what we call the protected seeds. Uh, basically, it just means that they're the top 16 teams in, yeah, in, really in, the, in the nation. And we'll go, go through those one at a time. Then we're going to go a little bit quicker after we get through those 16. Um, and I don't think it's much of a surprise, given what, Jay, what Joby just talked about, the rewards for undefeated teams, that the number one team is, in fact, uh, is in fact Houston here. Um, yeah. Uh, going to the Memphis for the first round games, Dallas for the, the South region. Um, they are not the number one team in, in the rankings, that, though, Sleeka, only in the – but they are in a lot of these metrics, actually, not only J&J. Well, chances are Purdue is going to be the number one team in the polls right here. But they given are, yes. what Houston has done so far, w- winning four games away from home and one in a, a true road setting, they've set themselves up fairly well for the – time being and you look how they go into a big 12 play they're gonna open up uh fairly softly with west virginia iowa state's probably going to be their first real challenge of the year away from home yeah and, and this is an interesting debate though Joe. when i look at houston versus purdue i get that houston's undefeated but purdue's four tier 1a yeah. wins are better by a lot than what, what houston's yeah. done tier well one. in in truth if you look at the raw numbers, not just the rankings, it's easy to say Houston's first, Purdue's second. The the difference on the raw level between the two of them, the raw number, is very close. The gap between Purdue and number three is, if I look at it, is uh, six times as large. Mm-hmm. You, you know, you know, and then the gap after that, as you will see, is another factor of twelve uh, or so. Right beyond that so there is a top two according to the jng right now a clear three and then it gets really tight for like the next you know three seed lines go ahead Griggs. And then I'll well, was, okay go one of the things about these bracket shows is that it's resume heavy it's metric heavy it's data heavy and sometimes you you forget that you're talking about basketball games at all but like from a purely basketball standpoint the, obviously, these are two excellent teams, but I think if they were to play one another, Purdue would win. And that's not a knock on the JNG at all. He he's not even trying to guess winners. He's trying to guess what the committee would, where they would seed them. So now, now I will tell you, if both teams win all the remaining games, I will change my mind because Houston has a much tougher schedule in the Big Twelve than 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 what Purdue has in the, yeah. in the Big Ten. Not that Purdue's schedule the Big Ten is easy anymore, but uh, I also th- I, I don't think that Houston goes undefeated either. If Houston um, goes undefeated, they'll have a lot more than four mm, tier yeah. one wins. Yeah, they'll have, they'll <laughs> they'll have one at Baylor, they'll have one at BYU, they'll have one at Kansas. Yeah, including um, including two over. Drum roll, please, Chad. Okay, uh, well, well you, you, you're, you're jumping ahead of us here, but let's go ahead. <laughs> Obviously, Purdue was number two. Uh, drum roll here, number three. Not a surprise either that that Kansas team. Uh, uh, that you know that. Let me go. But let me go ahead and pull up the Kansas profile here. I'll pull it up right against Houston. In fact, here on the on the right, uh, KU again has three very very good wins at the top. There has a road at least one road win. Their their losses, not nearly as bad as Purdue's loss, also. Um, but I want to take a quick step here before I go back to to the rest of the bracket. Uh, just note that we are recording this around seven forty five on Wednesday, January third. That means the yeah. games being played Wednesday night here were not factored in. Some notable games that are going on tonight: 
It's called yeah. Seton Hall, Providence, Louisville, Virginia, Rutgers, Ohio State, Clemson, Miami, Dayton, Davidson, just a few, a uh, few others tonight as well. But those are some of the notable ones that where we could see teams in this field either suffering upset losses or improving their resumes. Um, there's our top three teams. I don't think there's much dispute about that. I think one of the big questions, though, is who is that fourth number one seed right now? Uh, and Stalika, it, going into the actually into the East region, uh, is Clemson coming Whoa, in at our yeah. ACC champion? Does that surprise you a little bit here? I actually posted the Clemson Tigers in a bracket on Monday. I was looking at some of the raw numbers. I'm like, wait a minute. This can't possibly be right here. But when you look at what Clemson has done, they've had two true, two true road wins against the top 50 teams in uh, Alabama and Pittsburgh. And he also beat TCU on a neutral floor. Their strength of schedule is a lot higher than what it's been in a recent memory where it's kept the Tigers out of the NCAA tournament field. You also add wins against South Carolina and Boise State that look a lot more respectable compared to years past. Sure, we'd expect a team from the ACC to be the number one seed, but we would have never expected them to wear Clemson's clothing up there. Yeah, but is anybody in the ACC, has any of them looked as good as Clemson? And we kind of made that point the other night or raised that question. Well, according to the metrics, no, uh, <laughs> they are the best team. My only question with with Clemson is I look at those three top wins at Alabama, number five in the net. We talked about this on the last night's Hoop 60 report. They are not the fifth best team in the nation. At Pitt, top 50. I don't know that we're going to see Pitt in this field tonight. Versus TCU, I don't know if we're going to see TCU in this field tonight. Um, I really don't know because I don't remember what teams I typed in. (laughs) Right, and this could all be Ironically, one of, uh, you know, their second best win in terms of the J and G uh, is not in tier one. So uh, it, it would, it would be the in-state uh, battle with South Carolina. Yeah. Which actually would be even by the net is, is there actually just below TCU. Just below it's, TCU. It's, it's, it's right there, sense. but it becomes tier two because it's a home game. You know, it shows that the J and G is a resume resume based thing, because if you look at the other resume based strength of record and KPI, they're even higher on Clemson than J and G. Let's start off the two line here, Griggs. At the, the first team in the two line, number five overall, just missing the top line is Tennessee. Uh, that that would be our first team out of the SEC. Yeah. Um. Uh, again, it's it, it's metric resume based at this point in the year. I I obviously think Tennessee's a really good team. I don't know if I would have them this high, or even if I think that if you ask me who is my pick to win the SEC now. It wouldn't be them, but look at what they've done. Illinois, an excellent team. I believe that's Wisconsin's only home loss. That is that is a major league win there. Maybe the best one that we've seen out of the four teams. Well, n- no, that scratch that. Purdue's got four that are really good, but a really good win. And, and, uh, and the look at their losses. Two of their three losses are teams we've already mentioned tonight. Right, yeah, <laughs> and in really competitive games. Yeah. Uh, going on to, to, to the number six overall team here. Uh, Joby, it's Marquette. There, there's our first Big East team as well. So we're getting every conference in here at least. <laughs> <laughs> well, and uh, you know, like I said, the difference right now between Clemson and Marquette, and my by the way, the teams through I would say number ten. You know, yeah, our number, uh, yeah, number through number uh, through number nine. So okay. teams four through nine are this close. 
That's a one seed and a three seed. Clemson could easily be on the three line. The three team that we'll see at the top of the three line could easily move up. And so, uh, yeah, Marquette, and they won't be alone, probably, I would imagine, with their Big East brethren. And yeah. some heavyweight wins for Marquette there. And I'm assuming it's the, the three losses and the losses to Providence, which is yeah. not a bad loss in particular. That That is why they're ninth, but a, but a shade within fourth. But but the yeah. win at Illinois and, and the neutral win against Kansas, those are heavyweight. Uh, and, 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 and that's I could, when Illinois was full strength, too. Yeah, well, I, yeah. I could turn around here and argue also Tennessee played Purdue and Kansas neutral. Marquette played Purdue and Kansas neutral. Tennessee went 0-2. Marquette went 1-1. One one. Shouldn't yeah. Marquette be above Tennessee? It, it's an argument. If, if to we make. were scrubbing it, I I would be with you, Chad. Uh, yeah. Plus, they both beat Illinois. Marquette did it on the road. Tennessee did it at home. I, I think there is a, you know, just from a committee type of debate here, a, a strong argument to flip these two teams. I think metrically, I think it's the volume of tier two versus uh, each other, which will sort itself out. Like I said, the numbers are so close. Uh, Stalika, number seven overall. Here's another Big Ten, sorry, Big East team in UConn. Well, maybe in Kyle Lamb's world, they're a Big Ten (laughs) team. (laughs) But that's another story for another day. But if you saw a UConn last night, they – Got a little bored for about the first 10 or 11 minutes against uh, DePaul and then just turned on the Jets for the rest of the way. But you look at what they did in, uh, shall we say, their home away from home down in MSG. They got some decisive wins against Texas and also North Carolina. And then you add to that a win against uh, Gonzaga in uh, a de facto road environment in Seattle. And the Huskies have laid a, a bit of a foundation for being up in a protected seed territory. Their only weakness is they haven't won a true road game yet. Yeah, uh, that game against Kansas was one of the more impressive showings, even in a losing effort that anyone's had. I mean, they almost pulled that off. And uh, one seeds, if you're wondering how often they lose at home, the answer is not very. Not very. Uh, uh, number eight overall, a uh, team that also could be as good as the one lines Joe just to- told us. Uh, here's our last conference, last of our power conferences to get involved. Here's Arizona. Uh, probably would have been higher, but for yeah. the FAU loss. Sorry, go ahead, Joby. Yes, if Arizona doesn't lose, the JNG had him as the fourth one. Actually, not even the fourth one. They had him, I think Arizona might have been ahead of Kansas. Right. So that one loss. The, the, I'm sorry, the Stanford loss. I mentioned, I've had FAU Stanford in the mind for, for bad the, losses. The, but. Yeah, yeah. The, the Stanford loss, after losing Stanford, as I remember, they fell from th- three all the way down to this glob, you know, of teams that could be fourth through ninth, and they happen to be eighth right now. But I could easily see as other teams lose, you know, Connecticut takes up a tough loss at the Johnnies or something like that, then – you know, Arizona moves forward. Arizona just needs to keep winning. But like I said, they are harmed by the Pac-12 versus the Big East, the the Big Ten, the SEC, and yes, even the ACC this year has a lot of uh, uh, tournament and borderline tournament teams. If you look at the remaining, the three schedule, I have Arizona and UConn both on the screen, you see a lot worse nets in the Arizona remaining schedule versus the UConn ones. There's a few there with Georgetown and DePaul. But you've got Cal, you've got Stanford, you've got USC, you've got UCLA, you've got Oregon State. Well, there's uh, no way. I, it shouldn't matter. There's no way Arizona would ever lose to Stanford. <laughs> uh, that's why you didn't bother to look at the score from that game, right, Griggs? Yeah, right, yeah. <laughs> right. I mean, 
Uh, here's that top team, top team on the three line, which was the last of the team group that T- Joby said was very close to even being that one seed. Uh, and Griggs, how about, throw, how about throwing me. another conference oh, in the other wow. Mountain West? Colorado State. Well, I, I like this team a lot. I, I thought I liked them more than, than most of you even, but I, I don't know if I like them top 10. Uh, I kind of think that the voters were overvaluing them a little bit. Now, this is an excellent team. I'm a little confused. As to, and again, really good win against a good Creighton team. But just look at those two profiles. It's not – how are they close? I mean, you, you said one through nine was clo- – or four through nine yeah. was close. Uh, Arizona's looks substantially better other than – well, no, not even – I mean, the, the Colorado State's loss to St. Mary's is worse, I think. Or at least as bad as the Stanford one. No, yeah, I, I, that I was a home not game. say that, but yeah. by the same token, I agree, Griggs, but look at all those tier two. Look at a solid three. Oh, could it be the Mountain West games the numbers a little bit? Yes. And the J&G feeds off that. Well, I, I, it, it, I, I, this Colorado State team is a lot of fun. It's good. They're yeah. good, yeah. But are I, they I Arizona th- good? Uh, no way. Yeah, I, I, I would agree with that, yeah. Like, they're not the- Arizona good. I'm going to throw out one of the new new numbers we have on the screens this year uh, for one a big comparison here. This is record versus tier one and two, and record versus tier one and three three. That's six and one and nine and one for Colorado State, four and three and seven three for, for Arizona. I think it's a number like that that pushes this Colorado State team up. Uh, and we saw, quite frankly, I think it was the record versus tiers one through three that kept Rutgers out of the tournament last year. Uh, because Perhaps, it was some five hundred. I mean, not all tier one game. I mean, I mean, losing to Purdue by eight and losing the FAU in double overtime is not the same as losing to St. Mary's at home. I, I understand. Uh, yeah. And, and wait for, you know, and be honest, let's wait for Louisiana tech, you know, to eventually lose three spots in the net due to their schedule. You, you, you know, let's wait on some of this, you know, Boston college, if they do, if they want to be in the bottom half of the ACC, they're going to have a triple-digit net that pushes the neutral side up. Uh, Louisiana so, Tech, if yeah. you've been following them, they will win a game. They're going to beat a top-15 team this year and then have it not count because the referee forgot to sign the scorecard. <laughs> they have lost in ways that are just so bizarre that no one should I – mean, the unluckiest – yeah. <laughs> Let's keep things rolling here to the number 10 team overall. Sleek. This is, there was a gap from them, to, from Colorado State down to them. And that is there in the Midwest region. It is the one, ACC however. team that I think everyone thought might have been the, the one on the one line, but they're actually there on the three line, North Carolina. Well, North Carolina did finally check one of their boxes last night with a true road win at uh, Pittsburgh. And that was actually their first game they even played on the road. Now, if you look at what they had done prior to that, okay, you had a couple losses against UConn, Kentucky, and Villanova. That's explainable. And then you also have games against Arkansas down in Atlantis. And then you also have a de facto win, home win against Oklahoma, which was played over in Charlotte that was part of the uh, Jumpman Invitational. Although Carolina has been blowing teams away, which has helped to inflate the net number a bit. And if there is the argument that Carolina really is better than Clemson, maybe these two teams should be switched. Joby, if Carolina goes to Clemson on Saturday, maybe these two teams do switch spots. Uh, they, they will. That game. The, the metrics will switch them. Uh, there's no doubt because uh, Clemson's up there, a lot of it on the strength of a very good record event against a very a top 40 schedule. Um, 
Well, all of a sudden you get the second loss. That'll knock you down. Carolina needs a few more marquee wins. Tennessee is a great win. Oklahoma only has the one, you know, only has the one loss to Carolina. But you add that to that Carolina resume, Carolina propels themselves to into that blob, you know, that's ahead of them. And we'll see how far uh, into that group of teams they can make. They won't make it to Kansas, but they might, who knows, they might make it to the one line as the fourth one. Uh, the next three seed here over in the East region, Griggs, it's Memphis. Uh, very uh, nice show for them. Interesting. Uh, well, yeah. F, well, Memphis did not lose at, to Florida Gulf Coast and Bryant. Bryant, it, very true. <laughs> and a really good Memphis team. That is another one that, it, you, you know, it will be pretty easy to determine. It'll be really conspicuous who ends up being better. One of their wins against the Clemson team that we talked about. And a, that is a really good road win down in Collins Station against a pretty good A&M team. So, right. yeah, I, I, I've got, I, I like this Memphis team. Um, I, I don't know if I like them quite this much, but it makes sense that they're here. And they're the one team that we discussed last night in the Hoops HD report. Also, when you look at that 40 net and the predictive rate, rate metrics, not liking them very much. It just, it's, it makes you scratch your head when you look at the resume and you see all those tier one and tier two wins, including yeah. a win over a team. Like you said, that is on our one line, despite yeah. that loss. And the win against VCU, the neutral against Arkansas, the, the win at Mizzou. I mean, these are, this is a team that really went out and played. Um, well, and the boat, and the, not just the win over of our Virginia team that's <laughs> in this field, but a boat racing of that Virginia yeah. team that's in this field. So, how does that not help your net? I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> Although, for, if Virginia continues to get boat raced by everybody, they may not be in this field, but they may not be in this field at some point. Uh, but uh, uh, right we'll now, they're they doing this. a little boat racing of their own right now. Yeah, so. yeah they, well, they're playing Louisville. Well, so. They're playing a buy <laughs> game. Uh, um, Joby, our last three seed is Illinois. Uh, you know they oh. did in their first game without 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 their star uh, Terrence Shannon there. They they did they did get a nice uh, win over Northwestern. So I, I think they probably are still for now up here, even though even if the suspension may start having its effect as we go forward in the season. Yeah, th- their story is not yet written. Mm-hmm. Y- you know uh, they have done everything to. I don't think anyone would disagree that what they've done to date. Hey, a three seed makes a lot of sense, uh, but um, we're going to see how that ages uh, going forward. Yeah, uh, you know, if they go out and you know, they'll get a pass losing to Purdue, but if they got to win these Michigan State, who's a good team at home, Maryland at home, they got to they got to do they got to finish through. They can't lose in Ann Arbor. Yeah, you know th- those sort of games. They really have a stretch after that Purdue game where if they want to really be that tournament team, they got to win five, six in a row here before the schedule gets tough again. Yeah. Um, well, it's kind of surreal here is that Maryland and Penn State are like the highest rated teams in the net here. Not mm-hmm. even Minnesota, who's actually double digits for some reason. <laughs> yeah, uh, Sleeka, let me stick with you. Uh, take a look at the start of the four line here, our number 13 overall team. There it is in the East region. Another uh, Big 12 team. BYU, uh, who has to go to both Pittsburgh and Boston because of the fact that they cannot play at a Friday-Sunday region. Both Salt Lake City spots had already been taken. Uh, and, in fact, the only Thursday-Saturday spot left at the four-line was Pittsburgh. <laughs> and on top of that, they, they, they end up having to go to the East region there, there with uh, you know, due, due to bracketing issues as well. Well, I'm going to save the bracketing issues for my final thought. But when you look at what uh, BYU has done on the court this year, you can certainly justify trying to get a four seed right here, even though they're going to be 
rather difficult to place. This is a team that's already beaten San Diego State, and their win against the NC State on a neutral court is in Vegas is looking a lot better as we speak. Not sure if that Arizona State win is going to hold much weight, though. Now, had they been able to uh, win at Utah, they'd probably be even higher up right now, possibly on the top one or two lines at the moment. Yeah, and this is a team, though, Griggs, that really hasn't doesn't have a, that that a good road test yet, but it's about to all change as we get into Big Twelve play for this team. Yeah, uh, they should they should hold serve against Cincinnati. I mean, God, going to Baylor in that new arena, going to Texas. Yeah, they're they're going to be road tested over and over and over between now and the end. Uh, and Griggs, let me stick with you here. Uh, number fourteen overall, also on the four line. There is in the West region. We have Kentucky um, and. Uh, I, that's yeah. probably where they belong right now. It, when I, you throw I in would, the UNC Wilmington loss. Yeah, I, I I agree. This is where they belong right now. I I no one's going to stay the same. No one ever does. People go up and down. I think Kentucky is about to go up. I, I like that win over North Carolina. I, I I really like this North Carolina team. Um, they blew a pretty good Miami team out. They're starting to show signs now. This is a tough tough road test that they have coming up this Saturday at Florida. Um, if they're a protected seed caliber team, I, I think that's the kind of game a protected seed would win though. Yeah. So, they need, so. they need road wins because they don't have a single road win yet. Uh, that game yeah. at Louisville was actually a home game for Kentucky. Yeah. If you look at how many fans showed up for both right. teams. <laughs> oh, <God>. Yeah. Uh, Joby number 15 overall here. Uh, Wisconsin Badgers. This resume is so strong. Uh, you know, they they kind of stumbled out of the gates just a tad, uh, but then they have just lit it up with, you know, now that at Michigan State win, they got they won the exempt oh, term God, yeah. Virginia and SMU. Uh, the, the, yeah, you can't you can excuse their losses because two of those three teams are already in this field and one of them is on the road who likely will be in the field. And so this is a solid Wisconsin team that I think will challenge uh, for the number two spot in the Big Ten, and that most certainly means protected seed in my book. And so that's the team that could move up and take Illinois' spot when Illinois starts having those losses that we suspect they might, um, assuming they, they don't get uh, Shannon back. Yeah. Uh, last of our protected seeds, last of our four seeds, it is Utah, Utah. coming in here. Uh Griggs, go ahead. You have a thought on them. Uh, a little – I didn't – this wasn't who I was expecting to see, even though it's there. I mean, they do have a, the the win against BYU. That was a great game, a lot of fun to watch, but it was at home. Came down really to the final seconds. Uh, what else have they done? And they, they've lost to the – this one is a little puzzling. Uh, yeah, I, yeah. I, I think they're a good team, but I do not think they end up as a protected seed. Joby, jo- is this team being carried here right now by, over BYU's inflated net of two combined with that, the win I at St. Mary's? A and, bit of it plus yeah. an overall record of 11 and two uh, with a 33 strength of schedule. That, that That's a, you know, you put up a very good record against a strong schedule, you know, that, you know, equals good. Uh, at the end of the day. And so I think that's where we're seeing the at St. Mary's win probably looks better than it really is maybe. And then, you know, wake uh, wake is, you know, a strong NIT team and the both Washington teams probably are in the NIT. So, you know, you can see where it is everybody. This is where 
in the raw numbers, there was a drop here, you know, between 15 and 16. That, without a doubt, there was a big drop. And then you have a group through the next two to three seed lines. So yeah. 15 to 16 was one of those tier drops you'll see. And this Utah team, uh, if they go 2-0 this week, winning at Arizona State and most notably at Arizona, I, I I see the argument for protected seed. I I don't see this as a protected seed seed, seed team right now. Probably one of these teams that we see in the five line probably belongs here more. And so I'm going to go for you. I'm going to go four teams at a time now. I'm going to reveal the entire five line. Uh, these are also give us some potential second round matchups. Uh, these four teams are Ole Miss, the undefeated team, Baylor, Oklahoma, and another undefeated team in James Madison making the five line. I think the problem with James Madison is if they're just going to stay that high, they're going to have to virtually run the table in the Sun Belt. If you're a team like Ole Miss, for example, you can afford to take some lumps in the SEC and still stick around an area like this. Oklahoma's another team where I'm starting to wonder, well, okay, they lost one of their tests at North Carolina, but by and large, they've held serve right here. Now, if you look at James Madison, they're only – double-digit net team remaining is going to be the hot, hot, hot Appalachian State team. <laughs> you look at Ole Miss, the only Lego they could step on is going to be Vanderbilt and possibly LSU on the road. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and I, I got these two undefeated teams up here. Just look at these two teams. Yeah, go ahead. Joey. Ole Miss is being hurt because by that Memphis net at 40. I mean, how is that a tier two? <laughs> you know, yeah. that, that should be tier one in all, all realists. Um, yeah, and, what? Yeah, go ahead. So, those are the two undefeated teams, and, and uh, you can see maybe how weak some of these schedules are by the fact that they are undefeated, yet they didn't even get into that protected seed range. Uh, yeah, but but and, but I wanted to ask about those other two. I'll go pull up those two Big Twelve teams here, also for, and ask you about them. Oklahoma and Baylor are, are they really five seed teams, especially this Oklahoma team? Uh, I, I I'm not as sold on, on Oklahoma as I, I I really like Baylor. I think Auburn's another team that's that's better than what their current profile shows. I think Florida's really good as well. Um, and again, what have they really done? The, the loss to Michigan State was, you know, noticeable uh, on that day. But yeah, a, a five seed sounds right. To be honest with you, um. Minus the bad day against Michigan State, if Baylor and Utah tipped it off, I would be picking Baylor to win. Uh, but if, if we take a look here, these Oklahoma Baylor, one thing that you see missing on both these resumes, not a, just a road win, but a, a road, road game. game. Yeah. Neither one has played a true road game yet. That changes uh, this weekend. Baylor goes to Oklahoma State, and next week Oklahoma goes to TCU. Uh, that's why I think we're going to find out a lot more about both these teams, especially this Oklahoma team that uh, I'm shocked that they're number uh, 11 in these polls. I, I just don't think yeah. I've seen that team. And also notice how Baylor waited until Cornell came to town to uh, open up their arena as opposed to uh, BYU, which would have been a nice uh, big 12 mm -hmm. tip off as well. Uh, yeah. You want to get the win. Come on. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, Joby, the sixth line here. We've got here's Duke along with FAU, Dayton and San Diego State. Ooh. Well, and obviously San Diego State just got off that big win against Gonzaga, but Duke and Florida Atlantic, that they are going in, you could say, different directions due to the Gulf Coast loss uh, that Florida Atlantic had, but both have put up now some solid wins, but then th they don't have necessarily the overall record. I think as the season goes on, if Duke takes care of business in uh, the ACC, if Florida Atlantic 
doesn't continue to do silly stuff, uh, you know, in the American. I think you're going to see both these teams move up the seed line uh, because they will have their chances uh, to do exactly that. Or in the case of FAU, just continue to win because you do have that nice Arizona win. The Virginia Tech win is going to age well, I think, uh, and so will A&M win. Now, I also want to throw out a cautionary tale as it relates to FAU. Let's not forget Monmouth back in 2015 and 16 also had some uh, pretty good non-conference wins, albeit not as yeah. strong as this. But not one as of good the as this. What yeah. kept them? Yeah, what kept them out? Those they also had four losses in Tier Four, and FAU's yeah. already reached two right here. Yeah. Uh, that is a really good point there. there. Yeah, um, and one of them was just so bad. Uh, <laughs> Okay. Rick Riggs, how about Dayton? I pulled them up there on, on, on the left. Uh, first A-10 team we've, we've mentioned at all. Maybe the only A-10 team we mentioned. We'll see what happens. But uh, um, Will the committee put them as high as a six? I, I, I think they need to blow through the rest of their conference in order to make that happen. And I mean, you, you know, going 17 and 1, 16 and 2, something like that. But th- this is a good Dayton team. Uh, is it as is it going to be an amazing Dayton profile? Maybe not on the surface, but I mean they're they're winning handily at Davidson now. Duquesne, LaSalle, like there's going to be enough chances where they go on the road, especially going to Joe's and VCU, to where I think that there's evidence to where you could say, you know what, I hate to use the term test, but like profiles and resumes aside, this is a really good Dayton team, and it is a good Dayton team. I, I well, think well, one thing also remember they have three tier one wins right now. Yeah. Remember, the J&G extrapolates. We're about a third of the way through the season in total games. You're telling – if you have a team with nine Tier 1 wins, I dare say they'll be even higher. It's just right now those Tier well, 1 wins are recognized the, the, as and, and there's a, teams. Right, yeah. and the, but the other problem is there's only one more chance for a Tier 1 win, the game at exactly. St. Joe's. So yeah, in Cincinnati, Cincinnati's not Tier 1. Well, they uh, could potentially yeah. have three, though, depending on how uh, George yeah. Mason, St. Joe's, and VCU play out. Correct, correct. Thank you. Um, and, you the, know, the, we've seen it, it the year Buffalo got a six, that Murray State got a seven. If they get an absolutely bloated record and they're ranked 11th or whatever it is they get up there, I, I could see the committee putting them here. Yeah. Greg, let's take a look at the seven line uh, where we've got. The Grand Canyon Antelopes in a single-digit oh seed, goodness. together oh with goodness. Providence, Creighton, and Nevada. Oh, uh, uh, let, let's start. How do you let's not love with, that line? How do you not with, love that? <laughs> let's start with GCU, though, because it's a team that I don't think a lot of people out there paid much attention to. But uh, you know, quite frankly, we we discussed uh, you know teams like James Madison. I I, I like this team better. Yeah, and um, you, you, you know, for the second week in a row, Joby. So I guess the under the radar number one. You you know the committee watches under the radar, and that's that's why you have them here in in your rankings. But this is a really good team, a really really good team. And when you look at their metrics, the win at Liberty, uh, the home win against San Diego State, but really the neutral floor win against Frisco, and then holding serve the rest of the way, their only loss, a really competitive game against a pretty good South Carolina team. And the chances of them, I, they do have some tough tests, particularly some tough road tests in this conference at Seattle, at Stephen F. Austin, uh, you know, to name a couple. 
I don't think they end up this high. I'm I'm sorry, Lopes fans, but I do think, and I said this on the one on the show we recorded earlier. This is a top forty team that will be in on the first that will be inside the bubble. I I really think that. I agree a hundred percent. And remember something: this is blind resume time. You take away Grand Canyon, you take the, away the teams. You see two, you know, basically four and one in the top two tiers, and. And you say they're a seven seed? That that shouldn't shock anybody yeah. on a blind resume yeah. at this look, point look at in the season. You 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 can't say that that's not a reasonable seed for what they have done to date. Now, when they when all of a sudden that's all the tier one and two teams that they get because of their remaining schedule, yeah, that might affect them. But I actually think it's they could pull a Wofford, you know, if if they only get like one more loss or so, one or two more losses, they they enter the tournament with only with with an amazing thirty and three record. I think the seven, I think the seven spot is actually very realistic. Yeah, and as this team keeps winning, they they are getting closer to that top twenty five. Still a few weeks away, but they could get there. Asleka, you're a Big East guy. There were two Big East teams on this line: Providence and Creighton. Creighton may be lower than some people expected. Providence uh, is in a battle right now as we record this at home against Good Seton game Hall. Going on right now, yeah. In a battle, but they also have a potential injury situation to Bryce Hopkins where if he misses extended time for the Friars, they're going to be in a, a little bit of trouble. Now you look at what Creighton has done, you're waiting for them to really get their motor started as far as trying to get some uh, signature wins. Alabama is certainly going to be one. Nebraska on the road is going to be tier one for now. I don't know how long that's going to be able to last, but I think the UNLV game is the one that's probably going to really smell a little bad for a while. But fortunately for Creighton, you would expect them to uh, kick on the motors here pretty soon with a uh, three winnable games going into their matchup against uh, UConn in a couple weeks. What I like about Creighton Griggs, they played four true road games non-conference. Uh, yeah. We saw teams like Baylor and Oklahoma earlier who did not play any. Um, right. So yeah. I think that 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 going to weigh well for them. Uh, let me quickly throw up that last team that was on this line here, Nevada. Uh, you, you know, um, Joby, they only have one loss and and they have two tier one wins. I, I guess the team belongs up here, don't they? Right. Whether you like it or not. And blind <laughs> resume because you know the. You know, while Washington TCU, it's a question whether they're in the field or not. Um, right now, that's, you know, they've actually done it. And those are both out of conference. It'll be interesting. And once again, check out that Mountain West schedule. There, there are plenty of pitfalls. There's more than there were last year. I want to stress this is more than there were last year. But there are a lot of opportunities. We've already seen San Diego State. We've already seen Colorado State. Don't be surprised if we see a few more. Yeah. Uh, let's go ahead and take a look at the eight line here. The last of the teams will be wearing white in the first round. Uh, we've got a couple, we've got, that's the SEC line. We've got Auburn, South SEC Carolina line. and Texas A&M joined by another Mountain West team in Utah state, uh, which uh, maybe since we're just talking Mountain West Griggs, uh, let's start with that Utah state team because I'm not convinced about this team yet because I just don't know who they've beaten. Well, you know, it's the bloated record and the road, like the road win at Santa Clara, the neutral floor against Akron. I mean, they've beaten teams that are typically metric boosting types of wins, um, but I, I'm not really sold on it either. I do think the league is strong enough to where if they are that good, we'll we'll see it. 
Right, uh, Sliga, what about the SEC teams? Let me start with two of them here in Auburn and South Carolina. We're both on this line. South Carolina is another team that we didn't have any expectations for going into preseason. Now, when you look at what they did against Grand Canyon in a de facto road game down in Phoenix, that got our attention initially. And then you also had a, a win against Virginia Tech on a neutral floor during their uh, season opener. They've also followed that up with wins against a George Washington and also East Carolina. Their only loss was a forgivable one, albeit against an arch rival in Clemson. Yeah, and but Joby, when I look at these both these profiles, other than South Carolina's win against Grand Canyon, uh, I don't see a win against a team that we've put in this field yet. Um, and there may not be a win against a team we do put in this field. Right. Either one of these well, teams. This is where we start getting to that. They have the bloated record, which once again, we're getting to the J and G failure here is at this point oh if if auburn really does finish you know yeah <laughs> whatever that be yeah you know you know 26 and 6 well they're, they're gonna be a lot higher than you know this but the um but uh i just pulled up that third that stake I right just, now yeah it's i just pulled up that compared to a&m who has four losses and that's yeah yeah, I was gonna say I just pulled up the A and M profile, who was the other SEC team. They at least have that that nice group of t- wins of that tier one. Uh, yeah, um, uh, but they, like I said, they do have the four losses, four losses to teams we've already put in this field, though. Well, the three of the four we've left put in this field, right. we're not put Virginia in. I like this Auburn team, which I know is hilarious to hear because I'm always saying they're one of the teams that I always seem to think are overvalued, but I like them this year, despite them again not playing any road games and and yet they're in the polls i i i mean i think that they don't belong in the top 25 i'm questionable they belong in the top 32 which is where we've got them right now (laughs) Uh, let's go to the nine line now and we're going to actually see some potential first round matchups as well as we start revealing these um and Salika, we see here's another under the radar team coming in. The Princeton Tigers on the nine line going up against Auburn together with Villanova, Colorado, and Ohio State. Princeton is another team that's also exceeded expectations. And you figure this probably could be their ceiling right here, especially if they're able to uh, run the table in the Ivy League. Winning against uh, Duquesne and Hofstra on the road is obviously going to help. But Setting the table against uh, Rutgers back in uh, Trenton, New Jersey, is what really kickstarted their motors right here. And their only loss at this point was their only Tier One opponent, which was uh, St. Joe's. At St. Joe's, and I, yeah. I keep saying this, that was a fantastically entertaining game. <laughs> it was. Uh, what about these other three teams here, Joby? Ohio State, um, Colorado, and Villanova. By the way, Ohio State and Purdue only play each other once this season, so that is a permissible potential second round game. Well, Villanova, I think, you know, I think the sky's the limit since they don't have any other teams from uh, Philadelphia to play. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I mean, Villanova, let's face it, if you're going to buy stock on any of these four teams, it's the Wildcats where you're going to be buying that stock. Colorado, um, I think Colorado has actually played. I like how they've looked. And and I don't think anyone disagreed that a nine sounds about right for them right now. Um, you know, they've, I think they could fight Utah. I think they're actually better than Utah, to be honest, uh, for that, uh, for that top spot, uh, behind Arizona. And and this Ohio state team has that neutral court win against Alabama, which is carrying them, uh, 
at, at the moment. That I don't know lost. how much of a believer I am in the Ohio State team. Very honest. Yeah, we're hey, they're going to get opportunities. They play in the Big Ten. Yeah. I don't know if I believe that they are blowing out. Last I saw, they were blowing out Rutgers tonight. I actually turned the game off. It was so bad earlier on. Well, at so. least that one's not going to come down to the last mm-hmm. seconds this time. Yeah. <laughs> well, congratulations, Ohio State. You got a tier three one. <laughs> uh, yeah, let's take a look um, at the. I was just going to say Villanova. They might not. They might be really offended by the nine seed. But look at that bracket. I think they would take it in a second. Utah State. I'll, I'll take Utah State, and I'll take Clemson as a one seed. Yeah. That's, that's the most vulnerable. These one seeds. Also, and then BYU, James, JMU in the round of sixteen. That's yeah, like a, it's like a murder. <laughs> Let's take a look at the ten line here, where we've got Alabama, Virginia does make the field. Joby, wow. Mississippi State, and Iowa State. Uh, I, I think. Well, let me start with this Iowa State team. In fact, though, Iowa State has a very high net, and not the JNG does not like them at all. They are number eight in the net, thirty-seven in the JNG. No, they haven't. I mean, who they've beaten in the field? Nobody. (laughs) (laughs) You know, know, I mean, this is it's it's a really kind of poor resume, and they have a loss to a team likely outside the field in Virginia Tech. Though I do think that Virginia Tech team is better uh, and has a chance to move up. So this is also what happens when only one of your wins is below ten point margin. Yeah, going back to the team. Going back to the team sheet, uh, I, I, the, the net is a little bit of a hybrid, but two of the components are efficiency and adjusted efficiency. So efficiency is just that. Like, it doesn't matter if you're playing Grambling or Kansas. And they've been very efficient against a lot of really bad teams. And that's why their net, or, or in part, why their net is what it is. Now, my question is, why hasn't it been balanced out by the other variables of the net? Because the yeah. resume is weak. Well, you look at this here, and, and I pulled up on the right, another team on this line also, Alabama, even a higher net at five, even a worse JNG at 39. Uh, but again, you know, you're looking at, you know, those these teams are being carried by close losses right now uh, and yeah. blowout wins as opposed to, you know, look, look, Iowa State won 92-37 over Grambling. That probably boosts them up three or four spots in the net right there alone. Yeah, uh, and which is at ridiculous. Least- yeah, at least Alabama blew out Indiana State and Liberty. I mean, teams that are not at the bottom of really weak under the radar leagues. I mean, you know, those are good teams. You know, Morehead State's fairly good. I, I I look at Alabama's and I can actually look at that and decipher. Okay, I can see why the net is so good because you you know their losses were to top ranked opponents to where they were really competitive games. Iowa State that is a really weak. I don't even think I'd select them. Yeah, look, look, look the, one of the big differences here, look at the strength of schedules. Uh, 11, yeah. Number 11 in the nation for Alabama, number 322 in the nation for Iowa State. That's a yeah. huge difference. I agree with you that there is a basis to leave Iowa State out entirely, uh, at least an argument you, at this point. Despite yeah. the net of five, you can see, looking at Alabama's resume, why they're sitting at 10 right yeah. now. Yeah. You can definitely understand. Let's look. The other two teams on this line uh, were Virginia and Mississippi State. Uh, take a real quick look at them. Virginia, you know, has the, you know, the their losses have been bad. Uh, every time they they, <laughs> they, they, they they don't lose, they lose bad. Yeah, they don't mess <laughs> around when they lose. <laughs> uh, and Mississippi State has that baffling loss to Southern way back at the beginning of December here that, that yeah. you know, uh, although they have done some decent things against teams like Northwestern and Rutgers and Washington State. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, 
Let's Virginia jump has been hit. That Notre Dame loss definitively hurt uh, Virginia dramatically. Virginia was roaming because of the wins against AM. and uh, um, uh, Syracuse is a good NIT team. And Florida is uh, right, right there. So Virginia has put together some nice wins, but you lose to Notre Dame that, you know, they still don't have a road win. There's a lot of, uh, there's a lot of worry in that, in that category. At least my team was smart enough to lose a close scrimmage to Notre Dame and not a real game. <laughs> Let's take a look at the 11 line here. Duke's opponent is St. John's in a little – the uh, they, they used to play it. every year. Uh, FAU, yeah. New Mexico, Dayton gets Miami. San Diego State gets Indiana State. Uh, Man, Mi- an, oh, yeah, a Miami Valley mythical conference matchup. <laughs> yes, that is not – that is Miami of Florida. Uh, oh. And – and uh, you know, maybe a little surprised that Miami came came this low, Joby. That all the way down the eleven line. Uh, Pull up. I have to be. You know, go to the tape, as they say. You know, Miami just. All right, name me it. Point out a team that they beat who's in the tournament. I yep. can't. I mean, uh, I mean, that's the point. That, you know, they're they're lost. Well, well, that, well, they're playing. They're playing Clemson tonight. So uh, we'll yeah, see. Yeah, well, they're playing Clemson tonight, and that that they win the Clemson game, even at home. They win that Clemson game. Miami is probably wearing white in the J&G tomorrow morning. That's how dramatic a win, because a missing point of their resume is a big marquee win against a team that they'd face in late March if it got to that point. And we also see uh, New Mexico, yet another Mountain West team on this line. We saw the Johnnies getting in here. And this Indiana State team uh, getting in above the bubble here, as I believe as our automatic qualifier out of the Missouri Valley Conference. Uh, Griggs, they, they, I mean, their only two losses were Alabama and Michigan State, who are in this field. Yeah, well, and Michigan State's a, not on the field yet, are they? But uh, yeah, they're not. The in, yeah, they're not in yet. But like, uh, th- this is a really good Indiana State team that does have a real shot of landing inside the bubble. Uh, St. John's has uh, Rick Pitino's team. They have that win over Utah. That 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 was way up there in the field uh, in, the, in the protected seed range. I think that that's carrying them right now, yeah. despite the Boston College loss. Um, yeah. Losing a they, were, college. they were out, Chad, until last night. The Butler win, they were in the first four out category. Okay. The win against Butler actually was enough to push them uh, over the line and push them in and push another team that lost last night out. Right. Let's go to the 12 line. We have not even got to our first four yet. You see, with all these under-the-radar teams that have gotten in here, we've pushed the first four clearly down to the 12 line. I'm only going to reveal one team so far. Before we get, that's our last team that avoided the first four, and it is the Texas Longhorns. Uh, Sleeka, how about that? A team that is ranked in the, all the polls, just barely avoiding. Not Dayton. a believer in this Texas team. Are you sure you weren't setting this up on purpose? Because this is the Chris Beard classic right here. Let's go. Oh, oh yes, I didn't even realize that we have Ole Miss versus Texas. How <laughs> about that for a matchup? Uh, that was not not. To, I, I honestly, I threw this. I. Did the bracketing so quickly? I didn't even look at what our matchups were. So great, boy, great thing there. Yeah, uh, that would be an awesome game. Um, let the, the first of our two uh, uh, of of our first four games. These are the top two first four teams. Uh, they'll be the Midwest region. There, Baylor takes on the winner of a St. Joe's Nebraska <laughs> game. Now, look at that, St. Joe's <laughs> and that. Nebraska. Uh, we discussed this in the Hoops HD report last night, uh, Griggs. I said that Nebraska is not does not have an awful resume. And right now the JG would have them in the field. They don't have an awful resume. And, and and they got a winnable game tonight against Indiana, which if you're watching this, 
later. It's already been decided, but no, it, it's pretty good. The win at Kansas State is is a real good win um, by Nebraska standards, and the loss to Arizona smells kind of bad, but nothing else on it really does. It's very first four-ish. To the Arizona, to Minnesota, you mean? Uh, Minnesota, sorry. Yes. Yeah, losing to Arizona <laughs> would not smell. <laughs> now, something that does something that smells really bad is that St. Joe's on the left there, that Texas A&M Commerce home loss. Ooh, yeah, uh, that one. Without that, and it's kind of crazy to say that, like, you, you know, with had they just beaten Texas A&M Commerce, they're inside the bubble. Yeah. Right. yeah. Well, and they're getting boosted. Remember, Tier 1, Princeton's already in our field, as, you know, and I'm well inside the bubble. We'll see if that ages because, you know, yes, I think, you know, the Villanova win will age well, but will the Princeton? And I, I think it Princeton will. Level, Princeton is, Princeton's good. If right. Princeton falls, though, dramatically outside, like, oh, no chance of a net large, all of a sudden at that point, then you're balancing commerce. You're balancing commerce uh, against Villanova, and then one more slip up in that A10, and St. Joe's is in trouble. Yeah. Well, they're barely in right now. Only two and they're teams barely in, the, in, oh, they're in the first four. Right only now. a couple teams below them. In fact, our last first four games, it's James Madison's opponent in the East. And because of bracketing issues, this was the only place I could put one of these teams, even though it's a potential regular season matchup. But yes, they could get Michigan State again in the first round. Uh, it's Michigan State and TCU in this game uh, going up against, you know, I think it'd be kind of interesting to have a Michigan State JMU first round matchup if that happened. Uh, yeah. But uh, this Michigan State team, I don't think they're going to stay down here. I think they, they are I, on their way either. up this bracket very quickly, yeah. honestly. Uh, right. TCU, on the other hand, barely making the field again. Another one of these teams hasn't done anything bad, hasn't done anything good. Yeah, that's a, that's a pretty. They haven't done anything decent. They haven't done well, anything at all. Winning, winning in Hawaii, I mean, that was okay. But like, yeah, like look at the, look at that. It, that is just do something. I, I love Jamie Dixon as a coach, and there is no denying the success he's had at TCU, taking them to the Sweet Sixteens, getting them into the rankings. This uh, program with no real history or culture in the last I don't know 30, 40 years. But my God, like go play somebody. They played Texas A&M Commerce. Oh, okay. Excuse- oh, I missed that. Two two ninety five strength of schedule there. Well, from, and they also played Southern too. Yeah, go play big yeah, games. Play- they yeah. did not slip up against Southern Texas A&M Commerce, which teams ahead of them on the in the field. They have a right to complain. Before I before I complete the twelve line and move below that, uh, let's take a look at the you know because we have now completed the at large field. I want to take a look at the, the top four teams that the JNG would have out as at large teams. Uh, they are in order. Wake Forest, Cincinnati, Cincinnati. Florida, and Northwestern. Uh, Joe, I think Wake and Cincinnati on the strength of record, and Florida, Florida is a team that I think maybe could be one best one to move up here. Uh, yeah, point. I think Florida. I think uh, Northwestern was actually that was the team I was referring to. Northwestern okay. was in the field until their loss yesterday to Illinois, which, yeah. and, uh, which then opened up the ability for the Johnnies to to uh, actually take their spot. Um, with the with the win against Butler, Wake yesterday alone moved up 13 spots up the seed line to the first team out because by the, winning at Boston College. Yeah, the win at, <laughs> and remember at Boston College, who is an NIT team right now, level. We'll see if that holds, et cetera. But really, I think Florida personally, I test Florida is the best of these teams. I think Florida will find their way into the field. They just need to build a little more than what they've done so far. Plus. They're getting tweaked by weird little net things like Virginia falling just outside the top 50. Thus, it's a tier two loss. And, it, you know, it's kind of like the, on the neutral court. So 
it's weird things like that that are holding Florida back. I have a feeling they're going to be in the field and it won't be long. Now, now, people that are looking at this at this and maybe know a lot about college basketball are probably look at this and saying there's a glaringly missing name in this field. I'm going to reveal the next eight teams that also did not make it. Again, not even top four out. Next eight out, according to the JNG. And well, we'll don't go the next eight out, Jake. Chad, I'd show, to be honest, the 13 line first, and okay. you'll get it. Okay, Ooh, well, 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 let's. Line. I'll tell you what. Let, let me first. Let me complete the twelve line for you first. So the yeah, last yeah, yeah, twelve yeah. seed was McNeese, McNeese State, and that is, oh, they beat Oklahoma. Yeah, <laughs> it would be picking that all day. <laughs> Real quick on the thirteen line here. These are the teams that face the the four seeds. We've got San Francisco, Louisiana Tech, our CUSA champion, Fort Wayne out of the Corizon with a good overall record. UNC Wilmington has that win over Kentucky, uh, and San Francisco, who is, according to the JNG, the auto bid winner. Out of the West Coast Conference, which means, oh, as I reveal, the also considers. Look at number eight out is the Gonzaga Bulldogs, not in wow. the field right now. Uh, Griggs, has your jaw has your jaw dropped? Well, I, 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 I mean, <laughs> I, I, I just don't. Well, I, I thought it was sort of like Duke and North Carolina having to be placed in a you know site that's in North Carolina. You had to select Gonzaga. Uh, the, the Gonzaga Bulldogs. Let's pull up this team sheet here uh, because uh, Salika, I agree. I mean, what have they done? They beat Syracuse and USC, and they've got four losses, including a loss to a team that's not in this field. The one saving grace for Gonzaga is they at least have the intent to schedule right here. The problem is they don't have anything against the uh, tier I'm one. I'm having the intent to win games. And, uh, yeah. <laughs> and, 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 and the other thing, they, unlike teams from the other power conferences, they're not going to, other than the game at Kentucky they've got in February, they're not going to have a chance to, to, to improve this resume. They're not. Yeah, because because St. Mary's is a team that you can usually count on. They're not going to get help from the Gales this year, and at least they'll get some help from uh, San Francisco, assuming the Dons manage to uh, remain competitive. This Joe, is interesting. All that all of these teams have is that's it. Usually the West Coast Conference you know, Santa Clara and, and even San Diego can pop up. And yet the other teams are not hitting the top hundred. They're hitting, and a lot of them are hitting below 200. It's going to be very painful, very tough for either San Francisco or Gonzaga to make the move upward to uh, to get the spot. Oh, what's happening is Gonzaga the W's. San, San Francisco in the JNG. Uh, as they collect more wins before even they play. But, the yeah, I, getting to the at-large field, you better beat Kentucky. You the West Coast Conference is collectively getting their ass kicked by the Mountain West this year. That's part of the problem. Santa Clara is an official member of the Mountain West Conference right now, and they have gone – and they are in last place. Yeah. <laughs> um if you really know a lot about college basketball, you 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 might remember back to 2016. If you don't think it could happen, it, it did. Um, uh, Gonzaga was seated below the first four. It was I remember on Hoops HD report they need to win the West Coast Conference tournament to make the NCAA tournament. They did, and then they went to the Sweet 16, and then they almost got to the Elite Eight. So, yeah, yeah. I, I, and <laughs> I think Gonzaga may need to be winning the West Coast Conference tournament again this year, which I think they can yeah. do. Now, uh, what is but, fascinating about this, and, and I, I've never, I, I don't remember as having a discrepancy this big before. If they run through the West Coast, which is not 
just possible, but probable. They're already in the rankings. They're going to be ranked, ex- you know, exceptionally high and on the bubble. Uh, now, here's the other teams of those eight. George Mason, Texas Tech, K-State, then came Gonzaga, Virginia Tech, Drake, Oregon, and Butler. Uh, you know, Oregon's a team I think is has is going to have the chances very soon with their yeah. schedule uh, to move up here. Uh, George Mason and Texas Tech are a couple of teams we haven't really discussed much this season. Um, I want to pull both those profiles up real quick, though. Um, Joby, I know we've got a lot of Texas Tech Tech fans that watch us here. This Texas Tech is another profile that looks a lot like these profiles we've been seeing that they haven't done anything bad. And, and and they have their chances ahead of them. They'll have I mean, if Texas Tech, they didn't do anything out of conference. They got hurt that Michigan's mm-hmm. not good this year. You know, they, they probably needed that. Uh, but well, they also got Tech hurt certainly them. has the road in front of them. They go 500 in the Big 12. They are in and easily in. It's It ain't close. They are way inside the bubble if Texas Tech does that. They have the opportunities, but they need to do it. They cannot do what a lot of other Big 12 teams like a BYU or et cetera. Those teams can finish four games, maybe even six games below 500 in the, in the Big 12. Texas Tech does not have that luxury. George Mason, uh, they're having a great season under Tony Skin in his first year. Yeah, I, they I, are. I don't, th- I don't really? think there's a, pa- there's a path here outside of the auto bid, though, even though the JG likes them right now, just because they're not going to have the chances. Yeah, and as good of a year that they're having, and this is not meant as a backhanded compliment, they're not NCAA tournament good, but they are better than expected, better than they were a year ago. Well, I mean, he's doing a bang-up job. I I didn't – I thought it was a gimmicky hire. He's a good coach. He's a real good coach. Uh, One last team, though. Drake is on this list also, and this team is currently, you know, co-leaders in the MVC with Indiana State. I think there is a path here for this one, uh, maybe uh, this, with that Nevada win, because at least they've got something that George Mason doesn't have, and they'll have a yeah. shot against the, the Indiana State games. Yeah, and they've done something. And in, in the Valley, while it's actually comparable to the Atlantic 10, maybe even close to equal to it. And if you're talking about you know going to Southern Illinois and going to Missouri State, who's not bad at home, and certainly going to Indiana State and Bradley. Yes, they have a shot. I think mostly going to Indiana State, and you got to find a way to hold serve, and and it's so hard to win these yeah. games in the Valley. It's such a competitive conference. Oh, it's 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 insanely competitive. Let's take a look at the remainder of the field here. The fourteen line, uh, Stalico. We've got Colorado State is getting UC Irvine. North Carolina is getting Akron. Illinois is getting Western Carolina, and Memphis is getting Weber State. Uh, That's a good game. Yeah, Weber State is a team that they probably could have put in uh, Salt Lake City, if not putting Colorado State at a home court disadvantage, which is why I suspected they get moved out right there. No, 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 actually, UC Irvine was was rated higher than Weber State on the seed list, so Irvine would get preference of of region here, and Salt Lake City was – Gotcha, but I will spot. bring that up because Weber State's campus is only 30 miles from uh, Salt Lake City. I'm not certain if that would be a, be a home court disadvantage or not, but it, like I said, it was not the reason why they're there for this bracket. Yeah. Uh, but other than that, I would also note Western Carolina. This would probably be the first time since the mid-90s they would be able to make the tournament should that result hold in the SOCON. Yeah. The 15 line, UConn oh, gets... Let me, U- let me mention, Irvine played like Santa Clara as many Mountain West teams. It's very interesting. Mm-hmm. They would play Colorado State because 
Colorado State actually could get a ton of good film on them. (laughs) I think Irvine played four or five. The the 15 line, UConn gets UMass Lowell, a little battle of New England there. Tennessee gets Longwood. Arizona gets Lipscomb. And Marquette gets Moorhead State, our leaders out of the Ohio Valley Conference, who uh, don't have to go very far from from Moorhead to Indianapolis. Um, Uh, You you know, I, I guess Moorhead was higher than Lipscomb. Lipscomb's having to go quite far. Yes. Yes, I believe they were. <laughs> uh, finally, the 16 line. Houston gets the winner of a first four game between Colgate and Merrimack. Those were actually the last two teams in. Uh, Colgate, we've mentioned on the, under the radar show that even though they're running away with it, look like they're going to run with the Patriot League again. It's definitely a step down from them versus where they've been. Uh, right. You know, this, this team has been several seed lines higher. Purdue gets the win of a Norfolk State Southern first four game. Kansas gets the Denver Pioneers, our Summit League champion. Denver! Denver wins the Summit! Denver wins the Summit League. Quinnipiac wins the Metro Atlantic. They get Clemson in the first round. That is our bracket. Um, And on that note, I want to run through each of you for any other final thoughts you have, either on this bracket or anything else you want. We'll leave the screen share up for now. Uh, But let let me start with you. What do you see here? What do you like? What do you hate? Well, one of the interesting quirks of the uh, previous version of the workbook that Chad sent us was he actually had the dates reversed. Okay, okay, for, okay, okay. Yeah. That 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 Salt all Lake those City problems have been fixed. So yes, that, that this now is the interesting thing I would bring up were that to be true, how funny would it be that if Utah said, "Well, we can't host games in Salt Lake City. We're hosting. Well, we're just going to make sure BYU can't play the either, just to make it a Friday <laughs> Sunday. That yeah. would be like the all-time troll, right? There. No, the game is yeah, BYU is eligible to go to Salt Lake. They ended up in Pittsburgh uh, because both the Salt Lake spots have already been taken by Arizona and Colorado State. So, uh, and and they could not go to Spokane, which was the other region out west, because that is a Friday Sunday region. Uh, Joby. Uh, it'll, I encourage every person who liked our show, like, uh, looking at this to see over time, how teams move along the seed list. I try to update it every day. Uh, and you know, it's very simple uh, in that regard. You can see how, you know, when a team, especially one with a gaudy record, think of South Carolina, say, think these teams, they only have one loss like Oklahoma when they take their hit, which will happen, obviously, It'll be very interesting to see how many seed lines they drop. That's when you know when the rubber hits the road, especially. Will a JMU, who probably is not going to go undefeated, but they probably will have a very high, a highly rated record, how will that, you know, how will a loss in Conference USA, uh, or, or rather the Sun Belt, hurt JMU? It'll be very interesting to see the falls that happen. And likewise, the wins that can happen when someone, a Northwestern, beats a Purdue. Northwestern was out of the field. They're out today, but that's only because of the loss yesterday. They flew into the field by beating Purdue. It, it'll be see how the game, how these seed lines flow, because especially about now, you can really see that is how I think the committee would treat them. Griggs, you want to finish us off here? Uh, well, real quick, uh, you, you know, uh, stepping out and doing a paying a rare compliment uh the jng is a fantastic metric uh joby came up with it himself i think it's one of the more used and utilized resources that we have on the site by people that come to it it, it certainly isn't my write-ups or me on the podcast so uh thanks for doing that and i guess so in my second final thought is 
when you host, when, when a school puts in a bid to host an NCAA tournament game, they know that they're going to need the arenas from basically Tuesday to Sunday. I, I guess my question is, why do they even bother predetermining which ones are Thursday, Saturday, and which ones are Friday, Sunday? Why not just determine that on the selection show and coordinate it with television? Because at the at the end of the day. You need those uh, venues Greg, Greg, available anyway. Greg's, you're selling tickets, and I want to know if I'm buying tickets a month in advance to go to the NCAA tournament. I want to know if I'm going Thursday, or Saturday, or Friday, Sunday. But you don't um, know who's going to even be there. I know, but I want to go to those games, so I bought those tickets. Yeah. Right. Uh, let me well, start one thing not. out here. As the things constantly change, and as we've been recording this, Scene Hall just won at Providence. Um, yeah. That would. Joe, we probably knocked Providence down down a couple of seed lines. Not going to knock them out of the field, but suddenly we got this Seton Hall team, who was They're not mentioned, role. who was not mentioned in in our top twelve out. But now you throw in there, uh, it's not on it's popular street. A road win at Providence, along with a UConn win, this team might be in that top twelve out out come come tomorrow morning, even with with this nice road win. Uh, yeah. so, so they've had an interesting run. They win at Mizzou. They beat Connecticut. They get blown out at Xavier, who is not that good. Sorry, John. And then they beat, you know, they go on the road and win at Providence. What a week. <laughs> yeah, in fact, uh, I just I just switched to a the wrong screen there. Uh, but if I, I'm actually going to – there it is. I just populated here on the screen. Providence is number 50 on the net coming into the day. Uh, now, unfortunately, they're, they're going to – well, that's probably still be a tier one one because it's a road win. But uh, but this scene Hall team, it, it suddenly has an interesting resume where we really yeah. weren't looking at them them very much. And I wouldn't be – I don't know if, Joe, if, you have, if you have a live yeah, update I for us or not. Quick, I did a quick input. It's rough because I don't have the new net numbers, which yeah. have an effect. Uh, you know, so I think it will be more than this. But Seton Hall probably does. Uh, they are not – that moves them from, from basically the second-to-last team in the NIT to – uh, hosting a game in the NIT, so, uh, so that would be among our. our th- th- they would have been. So they be on, on, on this on this screen under the also considered. Here. They'd, be the, they'd be the next the next four. You know, they uh, they be in that. Oh, wait, they, they would actually they'd, push they'd push be, Gonzaga uh, down another spot. Then <laughs> no, no, no. They, they would uh, they would be uh, like if you had a fourth column of also. Oh, oh, okay, okay. That's where they would be, but they could be higher. Let's yeah. check tomorrow. Have fun. Yeah, okay. We we could do this all night. Like if we don't get off soon, we're gonna move. It. <laughs> that's falls, the thing. Yeah. Everything is the obsolete the day after you do it. <laughs> Providence falls to the nine line. Yeah, so um, Providence would, would fall. You'd see see some movement there. Least, but yep. on that note, though, I'm going to pull this down here, and I do want to take this chance to thank everybody for joining us. We will be back next week, and every week from here until Championship Week with uh, Championship Weeks with uh, three podcasts: Hoops HD Report, Under the Radar, and one of these bracket rundown shows in various different formats. But on behalf of John Salika, David Griggs, Joby Fortson, uh, you can now look down below the podcast here to check out this final bracket. You can look up there, read the JNG, check that every morning uh, to see where your teams are. Watch where Gonzaga moves. Uh, watch how they continue to fall. Uh, I don't think it will, but uh, I am Chad Sherwood. Thanks for joining us, and we will talk to you again real soon.